Hello, and welcome to the Female Founder Friday podcast with me, Lindsay White. I'm passionate about helping female entrepreneurs be great leaders, build high-performing teams, and create inspiring workplace cultures through innovative talent programs and practices. Because when people feel like they belong at work, they deliver their very best and businesses thrive. Throughout the last two seasons of the Female Founder Friday podcast, I have had the incredible pleasure of talking to an amazing variety of female entrepreneurs about their journey to creating their own business, the mistakes they've made along the way, the lessons that they've learned, and how they view their own leadership. In season three of the podcast, we're going to take that one step further. I'm challenging all of my guests this season to take my leadership style quiz. And at the end of each episode, we'll be digging into their leadership style and how it impacts the way they lead in their life and their business. If you're interested in learning more about your leadership style and want some of my top tips to help you lead more effectively, you can take the quiz right now. Just check out the show notes for a link or head over to highvoltageleadership.ca and click on the button that says, take the quiz. Then you can share your results, connect with our guests and join the conversation on Instagram by following me at highvoltleadership. My very first guest on season three is the unstoppable Lauren Cleveland. This incredible female founder has had the most remarkable journey from a burnt out corrections officer to a retail store owner and now business coach. Lauren has such a down to earth approach, an incredibly wicked sense of humor, and the most amazing wisdom that she loves to share with female entrepreneurs. Her passion for helping female business owners build great businesses just shines through. And I know you're going to love this conversation. Wicked. I have with me today, Lauren Cleveland here on the Ah. Founder Friday podcast. How are you, sweetheart? I'm good. How are you, my friend? I am doing awesome. I'm so glad to have you here today. We've actually already been chatting for like half an hour. That's why we're all jazzed up because we had to have a catch up. We haven't talked in months. So it was so nice to do that. And I'm super excited uh, to have you tell us a little bit today about your journey to being a business owner, because I know that you have a super cool story. Okay, sure. (laughs) I apologize. My dog is barking in the background. No, that's fine. We're all at home. We know what it looks like. It's good. Okay, awesome. Uh, So uh, I'll, I won't go back too far, but um, my career life started uh, in corrections. So I was a corrections officer at Edmonton Institution for Women uh, for nine years. Um, I came across that job by accident, actually, um, I applied thinking I was going to be like a caseworker, uh, someone who like, you know, wrote a, 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 a file or interviewed people and I got to training. Uh, so that, so here's the thing back in the day before there was the internet, some of you might not even know this, but like to apply for a job, like you had to go through the newspaper or, you know, something like that. And this job actually just came to me um, when I was visiting uh, the institution one time because I was uh, involved with a psychologist in Lethbridge and we were teaching a a course at the college about women in corrections. So I'd gone to the prison to interview um, a lady named Yvonne Johnson who was sentenced to life uh, Mm -hmm. for her crime. 
she has an amazing book too, actually, Yvonne Johnson, uh, The Stolen Life, I believe it's called. Mm. Um, and so I interviewed her and as I was leaving the jail, they were saying like, hey, there's this really cool job. Uh, so I went home and I called in to the jail a couple of days later and said, you know, what? I think I want to apply for that job. And it's called a primary worker. So that's like a caseworker, I think, in my yeah. head, in my 22-year-old know-nothing head. <laughs> um, so they said, you know, I, I put together a resume, I put together a cover letter, and I mailed it into the jail. And then they called and said, yeah, we want to interview you um, for the position. So I drove to Edmonton. I lived in Lethbridge at the time, did the interview. They called me back and said, you have to write this test about um, understanding women in correction. So they sent me a package. I studied wrote the test. They called me, said, you're in. I'm like, awesome. Went to Saskatoon, like left Lethbridge, didn't finish my degree, um, drove to Saskatoon for this training. And the first day in the training, I was like, I think I'm in the wrong training. Like this is, <laughs> and I didn't want to be like the stupid chick that's like, what? it's happening. So I went up to my hotel room because they put us up in this crappy hotel and I phoned my boyfriend and I said, um, like, I think I might've signed up to be a prison guard. And he was like, no, there's no way they hired you to be a prison guard. And I was like, yeah, you're right. He's like, have you seen, you're like a child. <laughs> I know. Anyways, no, I for sure signed up to be a prison guard over the next couple of days. I was like, okay, so what a primary worker entails is you're a corrections officer, but you're not um, a static corrections officer, you're a dynamic correctional officer. So they make it seem like, you know, you're interviewing inmates, and you're doing all this like impactful work when you're a moving corrections officer, <laughs> essentially. Uh, so I was like, oh my God, I'm going to change the world. Things are going to be amazing. I'm going to fix all of these ladies and I'm going to, it's going to be so good. So uh, yeah, it, within the first couple of months of, of, uh, of my job, you know, my, uh, I, my boyfriend and I broke up, uh, my grandma passed away. I had some pretty significant things happen in the first couple months of working there. And also when I, we arrived, um, there was quite a few people who had worked significant hours for a significant amount of time so when we arrived there was eight of us um everybody was like we're out of here we're taking time off and we came august 9th uh so that summer was um quite significant we had quite a bit of incidents um it was and we were new just like winging it as we went wow. um but i loved it i loved like every second of that job um, it wasn't until uh, 2008, so I started in 2004, um, 2008, uh, maybe end of, two. it would have been 2007, going into 2008, uh, my boyfriend, uh, soon-to-be husband, um, was working away for work. Um, I was really struggling to sleep, and I started drinking excessively uh, I, I, for, as a... Um, with the advice of the people that I work with. So right. this is very, or this is very like, okay, like just go home, have a couple beer, take some Benadryl. You'll be good. Be fine. <laughs> uh, so that worked for like a couple months. And then it 
really spiraled, spiraled out of control to the point that people were saying, and not people at work because they were like, oh, well, when that stops working, you then you can take four of these. Oh, and, wow. And you'll have to move it up to some significantly. Beer won't work. Wine won't work. You'll probably have to drink like vodka, or, you know, like, but this is very, this is normal. And I, I'm going to say this is very normal in 2007 because yeah. we're not talking mental health. We're not talking no. about taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're talking about running an institution that is extremely short staffed yeah. um, with a ton of behavioral things. We had the most notorious hostage takers. We were constantly moving people around. Um, there was lots of investigations because we had significant events happen where, um, you know, decisions were made that management thought we shouldn't have made just like and and not and not trained enough to know how how to take care of ourselves right and and so uh so in 2008 uh I had my first uh time time off from work Mm -hmm. uh so that was a six-week period uh over Christmas so it would have been 2007 2008 and work was like pissed at me like so mad when I called in and said like my doctor says I have to take and most of my uh most of this stem from not being able to sleep so if you've ever had a baby or if you've ever like you know you're not sane but someone has to tell you that right like you and you get into the spiral of like well if this happens and this happens and this happens so I went on some medication I was able to sleep after the six weeks I was like yeah I'm ready to go back to work I go pulled into the, the, the parking lot. And like my migraines came back. My, I could feel my jaw clenching the physiological effects just from yeah. pulling in there. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm able to, to talk about it and pinpoint it now. But at that point it was just like, this is my job. I've let enough people down up until this point, get your ass in there and suck it up. You are not one of those people yeah. that are not capable of doing this. Um, I, I sucked it up. I went through uh, some pretty significant things uh, uh, and forgot about my mental health and forgot about myself and forgot about my partner. Uh, just like I, I can do this. Um, and then in 2010, I got pregnant with my my first son and I had a year off. And I mean, that's exactly what I needed. And I'll, I'll tell you something and I'll probably cry just thinking about it but I remember the moment I found out I was pregnant and you know how most people are like yay I thought how the fuck am I going to get to sleep tonight if I can't drink alcohol that was my first thought what am I going to do how am I going to sleep I'm not going to drink alcohol and like these prescription medications who knows what the hell those will do to my baby right so that was literally my first thought is wow I'm never how am I going to sleep now I mean you do sleep because you're pregnant and you're growing a child. So right. that was helpful. I mean, it did biological imperative, right? <laughs> it does because I remember being like, oh, care of itself. I am, yeah. I am yeah. gonna sleep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was literally my first thought. And I I, I carried guilt with that thought wow. with me today because yeah. it was like, okay, now what? Now how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna function? at work? How am I, how am I going to fall asleep at night so I can get up at four 30 the next day to get to work? Um, and it was a real eye opener that year off was amazing. Like 
I mm -hmm. spent time with my baby. My husband decided to be a police officer at this moment. Ah. Um, so he, he had worked in the oil patch and that was uh, 2010 when everything kind of shut down. Mm -hmm. 2009 it had started. So he said, I think I want to be a cop. And I was like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> I'm going through all of this. And now you're like, I think I like this law enforcement thing. Uh, so yeah, so he trained to be a police officer. My son and I, we had a wicked year. We had a wicked year together. Um, and I decided I was good. I'm ready to go back. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take on this challenge. I signed up for this. I'm going. And again, pulled into the institution and just a lot of wow. physiological things. I felt like shit. I, I get, I couldn't fall asleep. I had migraine headaches, which I hadn't had for almost six months. Obviously it took my body a long time to come down from everything I had, had been through, but, um, yeah, it was again, started over all over again. It, it kept telling myself it's okay. It's okay, Lauren, you can do this. This is, this is fine. You know, this, this is what life is. Life is not easy. Like, yeah. and it was in 2012. Um, I found out I was pregnant with my second child. We had moved to Camrose. So I was an, I was commuting an hour and a half to work. Wow. every day like one way that's a one way I was commuting an hour and a half um and I had I had taken on like part-time schedule so I didn't have to drive every day but they wouldn't let me work from home so um I remember I was at the institution the one day and they passed me this envelope that told me that I had 14 years 72 days and 16 hours and 45 seconds left till I retired and I literally in my <laughs> head thought I'll die I'll be yeah. done I won't make it. Wow. I won't make it that long. And we, we, up until that point, we, we would make fun of people that are like going on Matley and we're like, I'm never coming back. Okay. We'll see. Right. Like, because it, it is, it is, you're, you're handcuffed. You're, you work for the federal government. You yeah. would be an idiot to leave this job and not, and not reap the benefits that like I had full Matley both times that I was oh. off with a baby. That's it. That's it. And at 22, I didn't, that was on the thing, but I don't yeah. care. Why would I care? I don't care. What, that means nothing to me at that point. But when you're off on mat leave and you have full pay, that's a pretty, that's a pretty yeah, big thing. Pretty right? jam and, job, right? And my parents thought I was out to lunch when I told them, like, I'm going to leave. Yeah. I'm going to retire. I'm going to put in my resignation. Yeah. I did sit back for five years on a, on a thing called care and nurturing. Just they, they have to give you five years after you have a baby to whatever. Uh, you're not paid, but I sat on that thinking I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I might go back. Maybe I'll go back, you know, cause you yeah. romanticize those things and you tell yourself it's going to be okay. And huh. I'm stronger now than I was before. And, and I, I was involved in a situation where they had asked me to come back in a certain position, but with the federal government, nothing is easy. Right. Um, so the position was basically being made for me. Oh, um, which at that point I was like, yeah, I don't care. Give me something. Right. But when it was advertised, cause it has to be advertised, it was grieved and this, and, and I just thought, I don't have it in me to fight this shit. I just don't have yeah. it in me. No. Life is too short for this. So, um, yeah, my husband's like, so what are you going to do? Like, I don't know. So I started a business. I literally like with <laughs> zero experience. I uh, would open an activewear store in Cameron's Alberta called One Tooth Activewear. 
Um, I thought, okay, well, this is a franchise. So how hard can it be? Right. Uh, probably the worst franchise I've ever seen. I've worked with businesses since, and I'm like, oh my God, I really should have had someone look this over before I signed <laughs> any sort of contract, but I did it. I, you know what? Uh, and I, I know now that that, that was a way to distract me from everything that was going on in my life. It wasn't uh, oh, I want to do this. It was like, oh, I need to do something or yeah. I'm going to implode at any moment. So if I just keep myself busy yeah. um, and, yeah. and that's how I am still to this day. I know when I start piling on the shit, I'm like, okay, Lauren, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, no, I, or, I think a lot of us are like that though. Oh. We get into the busy work. We get, we do, we're doing, look at all the things I'm doing because there's something else underneath that I am avoiding. Mm-hmm. But if I'm doing, then I look like I'm productive. I look like I'm moving forward. I feel I'm productive. Yeah. I feel productive. At the end of the day, I can say, yeah. look at all the things I did, but, but I didn't do this thing, but that, that I'll have to get to that later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I know that wholeheartedly. I had, I, I opened this store, um, luckily with like the support of my husband, the support yeah. of my parents, the support of a ton of friends. And literally the day we, before we opened, my one friend is like, so did you set up like all of this stuff and get it? And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> how are you going to pay the employee that you hired? I'm like, I don't know, money. What do you mean? How am I? And she's like, Lauren, like, do you have a bookkeeper? I'm like, no, like I, this is, I didn't even know how to use the tagging gun. I never even worked in retail. Like my 18 year old staff member was like, let me show you how to use the tagging gun to put a tag on a piece of, I was like, oh yeah, I guess I need to know that. Right. Like mm-hmm. I did so many things wrong. I bought so many. Oh my gosh. Oh man. It was, it was a rough go, but I mean, I loved it. I loved the leadership. I loved my staff. I love, and, and my, so I came from, um, uh, corrections, which is, is not great. Uh, anything in the federal government, if you've done that work, you, you know, yeah. um, and I, I literally went in thinking, just don't treat these people how you were treated. Just yeah. that was literally my motto. Just don't treat these people how you were treated. Empower. Empowerment was like the biggest thing. Empower these people. Um, because I was like, I don't want them to walk away from here saying like, oh, that was a shitty experience. I want them to walk away yeah. going, I grew, I learned. I can go open my own store now, even though Lauren doesn't know what she's doing. I know what I'm doing, right? Uh, yeah, so then, and you know what? The craziest part about this is I I took on some personal development things to help me through yeah. the business stuff because I knew I wasn't doing great. Um, I had two young kids at home. Um, my, my husband worked shift work. We were basically just passing each other on the way. Um, and, and the universe shows up for you. It's, I believe this wholeheartedly. And I got this thing on my Facebook that said transformation weekend. And I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to go to that. It was in Banff. It was on my birthday. I'm like, I phoned my best friend. I'm like, I'll buy you a ticket. She's like, I don't want to go to that. (laughs) Buy you a ticket. And I said, and if it sucks, we'll go to the spa. Right. I promise. If it sucks, I'll take you to the spa. Anyways, I went, we went to this weekend. It was pivotal for me. Um, it was where I realized I was really distracting that I had lost my purpose. And I was just, on. Yeah. I was just throwing spaghetti at the wall here. 
hoping to find something that fulfilled me at the end of the day. And this wasn't it. This was not it. And uh, I made a goal to have a date with my husband every month. That was, I wanted to do something with my business and left with a goal to have a date with my husband every month for a year. We still do it to this day. I love that. Yeah. But it was really the piece that I was missing. It was like, we were both so busy. We were both so distracted. He's a police officer. He's seen some shit that he probably needs to process too. I'm not showing up for me, let alone showing up for him. And I'm definitely not showing up for my kids because I just got away from them every second I could because the business needed attention. Um, We had some, and again, the world shows up for you. So my husband severed his Achilles about four months after that happened. Uh, so I attend this workshop, I figure out like, okay, I need to work, focus on my relationship. Obviously I still have a business over here, but this is, this is the focus. My husband severed his Achilles, um, and kind of went as much as it was a physical, um, injury, it was very mental. He, you know, he let people down at work. Now they're short staffed. Um, he, he couldn't wait there for six weeks. He put on some weight. He, he felt he couldn't watch the kids because he couldn't get down the stairs quick enough in case something happened. Like his, his whole existence just kind of went to like, just stay in the bed. Don't touch anything. I'll be back. (laughs) And he couldn't, he couldn't help me. And I, and now I have more, I have a husband that I'm taking care of. I have, you know, like all this extra piled up and it just, it, it, it took a toll. It took a massive toll. But at that point I was like, well, you don't have time to take care of yourself. There's too much going on. Right. So in 2017, when I got cancer, <laughs> that was the, that was it. And I think a lot of us, uh, a lot of us, I know, and I work with lots of people that are overachievers and perfectionists yeah. and, and entrepreneurs, right? Like we're going a mile a minute and we don't know like anyone and I had this conversation before we even jumped on, like we're opportunistic, like, oh my God, if I don't take that opportunity, then what, right? It's like, oh yeah. And, yeah. and we take all the ones we can in the beginning, but as we get smarter and as we, you know, try to avoid the burnout, we're like, no, if I take that, I close myself off to a bunch of other things. Yeah. So yeah, cancer was the thing that said, no, you have to close the store, Lauren. You don't love this enough. You don't um, this is not your purpose. Yeah. And if you continue to tell yourself it is, you will, you'll walk away and be very yeah. unfulfilled. And my thought driving home from that, I'd done some ma- massive work in the gratitude space too. My, mm. and that took over when I found out I had, it was like, I'm grateful. This isn't happening to one of my kids. I'm grateful. We caught it when we did. I'm grateful. I have the team I have behind me. And it just kind of really put me in a space of like, okay, I, there's something else. I don't know what it is right now, but there's something else. And I had a, a coach that I worked with who mentored me to um, actually go on and teach. So now I teach Transformation Weekend. Yeah. Um, and she kind of mentored me to go through like some really self-reflecting stuff. And I really suffered with the fact that I could not handle that job as a corrections officer. I, I, mm-hmm. I always identified as independent, as tough, as yeah. You know, I can get through anything. And the fact that I couldn't go back to that job really hindered my identity. And it, and it does for lots of first responders, right? It, and not like I grew up saying I want to be a prison guard because I did no. not say that. But prison guard to me says tough, right? 
uh, it says like able to handle a lot of things. And I, I prided myself on that. And yeah. the fact that I couldn't um, do it really. So I took myself down this path of like, okay, I, I love helping people. I love yeah. leading people. I um, love, and I thought, okay, well, first responders are suffering and none of us are talking about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I started working with first responders. I started life coaching first responders and then it got to, got to the spouses it's really hard to infiltrate the first responder world and even if you are a first responder it's easier to get the spouses than it is to get the first responder yeah so I started doing some life coaching stuff um I in the in the meantime I had started like I had a travel agency on the side I ran a couple <laughs> other you know right just get super busy Lauren I didn't want to deal with any of this so um someone had come to me and what was happening, which is so cool is a lot of the people that I were like coaching in life yeah. were like, I think I want to start a business. Like, you know how to do uh -huh. that. Right. And I was like, yeah, I can help you start a business. I mean, mine didn't go well, yeah. <laughs> but I, I know what not to do. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> not that mine didn't, not that mine didn't go well. I walked away with money. I walked, you know, it's just, I didn't love it. Right. Yeah. Retail yeah. was not my space. Um, but yeah, so then I just kind of started doing the business coaching thing. And then my first responder stuff turned into a nonprofit organization that I founded. And now I'm the, uh, the project manager for. So I do have two spaces that I work in. I love the business stuff. I love like helping you see the bigger picture. I love helping you plan and organize and say like, okay, this is coming up. Oh, I want to do this in my business, but okay, we can't do all of it in one year. I, I've been there. I'm like, I want to do 35 workshops in 2022. And I want to do this. And, I, and it's like, that's not even possible if you want any sort of a life, right? No. So um, I do a lot of strategic planning uh, with business coaches um, and, and people who uh, run businesses just to say, okay, let's pour it in. What do we want to do, right? It's the goal setting. It's the yeah. planning and it's that because a lot of times we get into this business like I did and I'm like I don't know what I'm doing I yeah. don't have a goal I'm basically just like I'm drowning so I'll let you know when I'm done drowning which will be never, never. yeah <laughs> right so yeah well and so, I yeah so that's kind of I love that see I there were parts of that story I knew parts and I didn't know other parts so I I love that that has been such an incredible journey and I, what I really love um, is that at every point in that journey, you have found the gift, you've found the oh, opportunity, yeah. you've found the lesson, you've taken that learning and you've built on it. And I think um, in whatever we choose to do, but particularly for the audience of this show, which is female founders, that is really what we have to do is we have to find the gift, even in the shittiest stuff. like. I have cancer, but the gift is my kids don't. And the yeah. gift is I have support. And the gift is it's giving me a new opportunity to examine my life. Like mm -hmm. that to me, that it, you, that's what it's all about is, is finding those gifts. And I love mm -hmm. that you just continue to build on that. 
Um, and, and you know what? My husband's very, I, 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 my husband is not like the foo-foo person like I am. Like, <laughs> the, like, I'm always like, see the universe showed up for you. And he's like, okay, whatever. Right. Like, and I have like a sign and I have all this stuff. Anyways, uh, we just laugh and not that we laugh about cancer because cancer is not something to laugh about, but I want to tell you, like, here's the craziest part about four months before I was diagnosed with cancer. It was probably like August or maybe even yeah probably August I said to my husband can you just take these kids and like leave for like a week because he would always say like if you need a break just go get a hotel I'm like no I don't want a hotel I want to be in my house I want to like organize shit I want to throw things out but I don't need any of you here I don't I just want like like even four days would you give me four days and he's like yeah 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 anyways so I was diagnosed November 29th I had surgery December 14th it was quite quick I had like huh. a, a 10 centimeter mass in my neck that I had ignored for quite a long time and it had spread to uh, my lymph nodes so yeah. uh they came back and said you have to have radi radiation wow. so in the meeting with the radiation doctor they were like okay how, do you know what this entails and I you know what from the very beginning I thought I'm not going to go on social media because yeah when my son they thought my first son had uh down syndrome when I was pregnant and I went on and read forums and made myself a crazy woman. So I thought, you know what, Lauren, just do yourself a favor. And then I, like, I kind of started in the space and everyone on Facebook is like, I haven't been able to work for six months. I gained 50 pounds. And I thought, no, this is my journey. If I allow all of this to come in, it, it will be bad. Anyways. So we go to the doctor's appointment. They're like, okay, so you're going to drink radioactive iodine, which actually admits from your body so yeah. your family will have to leave house for like a week to 10 days and and I was like my husband walked out he's like this is what you asked for you know how you were like everybody needs to leave the house for a week yeah so I let I got what I asked for just in a roundabout way wow <laughs> I love it you know the universe gives you what you need not necessarily what you want right totally yeah I think exactly and that you know what that week in my house was just like I had I don't I think I've ever stayed in my house for a week in my life ever in my no ever. no but like one afternoon at 3 30 I was like I'm gonna watch Eat Pray Love and my girlfriends had dropped me off a bottle of red wine and I'm like and I'm gonna drink red wine and I'm gonna and I napped on the couch after because I have one glass and I get tired after one glass and I'm just like that was a good day that's all I did I watched a movie and I drank red wine and I slept all day it's great so I love yeah. that I yeah. see like you know making the best out of a shitty situation right yeah. like find, find the rainbow you know what and you could you could make the worst of it but what does that get you at the end of all of this right yeah. like where you're probably more cancer is what that gets you negativity <laughs> negativity stress all of those yeah. things show up in our body and I I I learned from my doctor like even as, when all of this went down he was like you you know this is from stress right like this doesn't run in your family this is not no. you know this is very much a, a stress-induced cancer Lauren and he said and I've been telling you for years that you have to be able to manage your stress and, and I know as entrepreneurs and like, yeah. we, we have the capacity to stress ourselves right to the max, right. 100%. And, and not pay attention to how we feel and 
what we need to do. I just had a conversation with a client today and she said, yeah, but at 8.30, I feel like there's still so much to do. And I said, if you wrote down all the things that you did today, yeah, you would be, you'd be like, holy shit, look at this. But I said, instead, you make a list and you add to the list all day. So when you get to the end of the list, you're like, look at all the things I didn't do. Exactly. And then you feel like shit. Whereas I'm like at 8.30, I'm like a robot. I like power down at 8.30. <laughs> Nothing else happens at 8.30. I'm like done. Out. Yeah. I you give know. myself permission to be like done. You're done for the day. With And I that's not work. Work is usually done by 4.30. Um, and I have a few breaks in there because I go pick yeah. up kids and, you know, but I, at 4.30, I'm done. But then at 8.30, I'm like, my kids know, you don't ask for mom anything after 8.30. Like if you need something before 8.30 or something signed or no, she's yeah. done. She's done at 8.30. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, you know what? I, you like, I guess if nothing else, after all of that, Lauren, you know what you need now. Mm-hmm. Like those mm-hmm. are some hard lessons the universe offered you, right? Really hard. And I do believe that the universe starts out nice and gentle. Hey, you should, you know, tap, tap, tap. And then it moves to punch, punch, punch. And then it kicks you right in the ass when you're not paying attention. Well, and my cancer started as like, I had a lump in my neck. I went to like a walking clinic. They did an ultrasound and said, it's nothing. If it starts bothering you, call your family doctor. Right. I don't have fucking time to call my family doctor. Are you kidding? (laughs) I don't have time for that. Right. And then it was like, then I started putting on weight and then I was like, oh my gosh, I can't handle my life. Look how much weight I put on. Never yeah. once I went to this. Yeah. Finally in like October, I was like, okay, it's starting to hurt. I couldn't, I drink from these all because I couldn't even drink like out of a pop bottle because as soon as I put my neck back, it would be started to hurt. Oh, so it, it had to get like so bad <laughs> that I was like, all right, I'll call my doctor. And my doctor was like, furious with me like furious are you kidding like but that's what we do there's that quote that always says like um you don't take time until uh till something bad happens you know what I mean like we we will never like and I've learned that everybody around me is so much better off when I put myself first right like my my husband thrives right my children thrive when I'm not bitchy and cranky and stressed out and all of those things. Right. And it's, it's a communication piece for sure. It doesn't happen overnight to say, Oh, I'm taking some me time. Nobody understands that you have to like, you have to, you know, tiptoe into the pond and share the information and, and really, but I, I know that my business clients too, so many of them come to me so stressed out. And I say, what for? Like, why, why, why? They're like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, let's, first of all, we have to create some boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's <laughs> get rid of the things that don't like really fire you up because there are going to be some other things that come and you're just going to pile those on your, and you and I talked about this before where we yeah. let lots of things go and said like, nope, if I say yes to this, I say no to my family or I say no to my health. I say no to, you know, that ideal client that I'm waiting for exactly. to come in and, and give this exactly what I want to give it. So yeah, there's, there's so many lessons. It's so crazy. It's, I had a friend last year, I was in this sort of frantic overwork workaholic phase. And she said to me, and this stuck with me, I think you're gonna love it. She said, Linz, if it was about the work ethic, if it was about the hustle, you'd already be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. 
Like, but how is that working for you? Mm -hmm. And I thought, holy shit, she's absolutely right. Like I am killing myself. I'm working 12 and 14 hour days, seven days a week. And where is it getting me? And the short answer was nowhere. Right. Mm -hmm. So I love, I love what you just said though, is like everyone else around me is better when I'm taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think they feel miss that. And you know what? My biggest um, ideas happen in the shower <laughs> and my, like my retreat for first responder spouses happened in yoga. So yeah. like I, and I know you're not supposed to be thinking of anything in yoga. I'm aware, but <laughs> <laughs> I literally was just like, uh, rest is productive. And as soon as yes. I allowed myself to believe that some of my biggest things have happened in the shower or in a dream yeah. or, uh, yeah, laying on the yoga mat, just like listening to Adrian on the YouTube Seriously, because your subconscious finally has a chance to poke through all of the other shit in your head. Hey, right. Dave Bong, I've got this great idea for a retreat. If you just shut up for a minute. Exactly. Right? Like that's really what it is. Yeah. It's Mine so true. Me in the morning, like that, you know, that 10 minutes when you're like just sort of waking up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All this stuff bubbles to the surface for me because- your brain is just sort of firing up. The conscious mind is just sort of engaging, but the subconscious where all that beautiful creative stuff is really cooking is yeah. still really active. So I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah. any of you that are listening, she just said it. Rest is productive. You need to rest as hard as you work. Yeah. 100%. And you're entitled to it. And I mean, Rest is different for everybody, right? Like, yeah. Because one of my clients was like, So you want me to take a nap in the afternoon? I'm like, No, if that's not rest, because she's like, I'll just lay there going, I should be doing this. This is the, and I'm like, Okay, okay. So what is rest? And she's like, You know what? If I could get out in nature, I would feel right. Like, I'm like, Oh, wow. Okay. Like, here now we're talking. That's, that's great. Like, if you think that is, it's not necessarily a nap. That's what everybody thinks that I'm talking about. It's like, maybe it's putting in your earbuds and listening to an audiobook, right? Like yeah. I find that restful. I find that like, yes. Oh, okay. This is reading. take a break. Just take a break. Maybe it's not, but, but it is productive. And, um, I know some of my biggest ideas or ideas for my clients. I come up with ideas for my clients sometimes and I'm like, Oh my God, I have to call her and tell her I've come up with shit for my clients before. Uh, but I know that they, they don't come to me when I'm, you know, no. on the computer typing through sales pages or whatever it is I'm doing extra that doesn't need to be done and probably will never even get used because I'll change my mind tomorrow. <laughs> I love it. You like, really you've offered anyone that's listening, you've offered them, you know, so many great lessons for your own, from your own story, but also, you know, as someone who is a business strategist and consultant, you know, really sound advice. Um, and you know, what, what we all need to be thinking about in terms of how we recharge, how we find that creative juice, you know, how we use rest as leverage, right? Like the, build that in. I, I absolutely love that. So many juicy nuggets. 
Um, I do want to ask you and anyone who's listening, if you haven't done my leadership style quiz, you can find the link in the show notes. And Lauren did it before she came on the show today. And what was your style? You're coaching, right? I'm coaching all the way. Yeah, my style all is the way. coaching. All yeah. the way. And I, I think that my experiences have allowed me to go there, right? Like yeah. I've, I've had 100%. quite a few. And, and one of the things that I, I value is like curiosity and courageousness and adventure. Yeah. And those those values have allowed me to go through and just try new things and be adventurous and step out of the comfort zone quite a bit. So, um, and I know when lots of people are starting a business or just getting into business, that's scary, right? It's a, it's, it's very scary. So I'm, I have those experiences to offer them, uh, what I've been through. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, trusting, trusting the process, trusting yourself is a, a huge one, but, um, another one too, is like goals. How do you, how do you have a business if you don't have any goals? What are you working towards? Right. Yeah. So, um, I think, yeah, I love, and I love seeing people just transform and, um, take on, yeah. you know, like something they were so scared to do. And they're like, yeah, I had this girl that I recently, and hers was all about her health. She's like, yeah, I'm going to get healthy. And I was like, okay, what does that look like? She started <laughs> And I said, okay, what, what are your other goals? And she pulled out another one and she's like, get vulnerable with the people I love. And I'm like, Oh, and she just started to cry. And I was like, here we go. Here we go. Do you think maybe like your health and your gut and your, all these things are related to like shit that you're carrying? Like, what do you have to get vulnerable with? And she's like, I can't, I can't do that. I said, if you do that, that will change your life. That will change your health. It'll change your business. It'll change everything. Cause whatever you're holding on to is the thing that's holding you back. Like in all areas, that was whatever it is. Said. Be- whatever is holding you, whatever you're holding on to is holding you back. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautifully said, beautifully said. Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm the coach for sure. I'm with you. I know what you're coaching. It is fearless, but it's fun and it's energetic and it's passion filled. Like yeah. I know what it feels like. And your, your leadership sells a hundred percent coaching. There was no doubt when you said that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, okay. I know what this is going to be all the, like right away when you started telling, I'm like, yeah, no, I know. I know. And I, I, I love. I love leading in that, that way, because it, yeah, I, I, I've been there, right. I, I, I know, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're struggling with. Just give me the opportunity to give you these little steps and nuggets and all of these things to walk you through that. Um, I have big plans for you over here. (laughs) I won't give this to you just yet. Just hold on to that. I'm going to get you through this. And then we're going to, and then we're going to go forward, but yeah, for sure. Coaching for sure. Leaning for sure. Um, and I do it in both aspects. I do it in the nonprofit and I do it in in this and it's, it, it's the thing that, that fires me up. And I love seeing people just like, get excited, get excited, whether it's business or life or, you know, being able to profess that this is what they need. Um, that, that is, that's the thing that fires. And I remember doing it with inmates, which is so funny because, um, when I first started coaching, I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't know if this is, 
my thing. And my mentor was like, you literally did it at the prison. Didn't you like sit with people and like <laughs> dig out their information and find out if they were getting like drugs in next week or something? And I was like, yeah, I totally did. Right. And we, I was trained. I was trained to do that. I was like, you're right. Okay. I, I know this person is not an inmate and I never called anybody an inmate, but I was like, okay, I'm going to do what I did yeah. in order, like those interview skills and stuff like yeah. that. And, and then we would write out their correctional plan. Okay. So you're telling me you have substance abuse. Great. We're going to put you in this program. Okay. You're telling me that, you know, you don't have a ton of family support when you get released. Okay. How do we set those support systems up for you yeah. before you leave prison? Right. Like who are the I people? And that. it's so interesting, right. That it's like, it is the exact same thing is I'm, I'm coaching these people. They didn't call it that, but it was like, okay, yeah. you tell me all your shit. We'll lay it all on the table. Yeah. And then I'm going to put together a plan so that when you get out of here, you're able to reintegrate back into society as a, a law-abiding contributing citizen. Yeah. So with business coaching, I'm just like, okay, tell me what's going on. Tell me all yeah. the things, all the things you want to do. And then we get rid of some of the things, right? Because <laughs> yeah. business, right? We have a million. I'm like, okay, we put up some boundaries, we do some prayer, and then we put it out on a calendar and we yeah. literally go forward. Okay. What else do you need now? And they're like, no, this is it. Like I have so much clear yeah. stuff to do here. Like, and then we just, yeah. I really, you know what? I, I, I like clearly something you were always meant to do. I mean, no oh, wonder it's sure. actually so hard for you to leave that corrections role. Yes. Because seriously, like a big juicy skill set for you and a passion and to, to walk away from that. But I like, I think that that's really awesome in our lives where we can take and transition skills that we learned in one place and we can really start to bring them yes. forward and ledge, just in a different way, right? And, um, and we were so narrow-minded, unfortunately, as, as human beings, right? Yeah. We're so narrow-minded. And I think that's where like, I would not have found that on my own. Yeah. I've had a coach. Yeah. That was just like, hold on a second, Lauren. You're saying you don't know this stuff. You're you're signing up for a thousand courses on how to be a coach. When I can tell you right now, you all you already have these skills. Yeah. You told me about this and this and this and this and this and that. You don't need any more skills. Okay, you got the skills. Right? Well, let's practice the skills. <laughs> you know, some of that's in our own head too, right? I just need one more certification. Yes. I need a few more. I mean that some of that's our own inner critic getting in our way as well, right? Is that yeah. we, I don't know enough. I'm not an yeah. expert enough. Well, that's horseshit, right? Like we just, yeah. it's just total BS. Um, and I, you're right. I mean, we hang on to that, that narrative in our head and it just continues to get in our way. And then, you know, full plug for coaching. When you have someone who can help you see yourself for who you really are. Yeah. Because you can't read the label from inside the bottle. Exactly. And then you're like, oh, damn. She's totally right. <laughs> yeah. What did I miss that? Right? Yeah. 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 It, it was super helpful to just being like, you're right. I do have this. This is, and of course, as an entrepreneur and as a business coach, I'm always constantly learning that will. Oh, for sure. Right. It's all, it's something that I, I love it. You know, it, I do have to like horn it in sometimes like, oh, yeah. okay, Lauren, 
there's yeah. books I haven't read that are on the shelf that, you know, before yeah. I buy another one, I got to <laughs> read it. I got to read three or four, <laughs> but I'm sure we're all, all like that. Right. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it is really cool to sit back and think how all of this has transitioned into where it is today, because that is my, my, my passion and my purpose is helping people navigate hard things. Yeah. I want to say that's probably, um, I've tried to horn it down a little, but that's it. And I mean, starting a business is hard. Running a business is hard. Growing a business is hard, right? Like showing up for your family while you're trying to run a business is hard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, if I can help alleviate the hard for you, that's, you know, and, and give you some of those tools and that's those strategies. I think that's probably, um, at the end of the day, I feel like, okay, this is it. This is, this is what I want to do. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with such vulnerability, but also such an, I mean, you have an incredible sense of humor. So you share all of that (laughs) with humor and grace. And I, um, you, there were so many great things that I wrote down from today. So many great things that you said, and um, I know the audience is going to take so much from this conversation. And, and I'm just, I'm really grateful that you would spend a little more time with me because I always have a lot of fun when I get I know, we always have. Yeah, we do. We, enjoy <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me and letting me share because yeah, I, I love, I love podcasting. It's probably one of my favorites. I have a podcast. Yeah. We'll put a link to Lauren's podcast in the show notes. And it's uh, me and my corrections officer girlfriend who uh, decided to just share some of our stories and talk to others. So, I mean, I love podcasting, so I'm always up for for that. Oh, there's such a great way to have a a really meaningful conversation and have a lot of fun Mm -hmm. Um, and speak directly to the people that you want to talk to in a way that's really approachable. So I sure have a lot of fun doing it. We'll make sure that there's some great ways in the show notes to connect with Lauren and what she does because- She's a pretty fabulous business Thank coach. You. So are you. So are Thank you. you. Thank you, my friend. And I am so glad that I got to do this with you today. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I did hosting this conversation. And if you did, would you do me a favor? Would you give this episode a five-star review wherever you're listening and share it with your friends? I'd really appreciate that. I've got a big audacious goal to impact a thousand female founders. And with your help, we can really amplify the message. Thanks again for being a part of the show. And don't forget to connect with me at highvoltageleadership.ca. We'll see you next Friday.